Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Anytime we get readings where uh, God and then God and Jesus is addressing the Pharisees, the scribes, or the priests, uh, as a priest, I always get a little nervous because it never ends up well, right? It's never Jesus saying, I'd like to take a few minutes to tell you how great all the priests are doing, okay? And that's an important place to begin, is that you who are called the faithful, you are the members of the church, right? You take a lot of hit by family members, co-workers, friends, people in the community for the clumsiness and at times terrible maliciousness that your religious leaders, your priests, bishops, cardinals, deacons, etc., what we have done and what we do at times. And you have to suffer the taunts, the name-callings. And I want to first off say thank you for the support and thank you for suffering that. There's no need to yell and scream back or defend us, but just thank you for taking it and then coming week after week. Built into that is a real sense that I think we all have a dream where we could look up to our leaders. We all have a desire and a hope that especially those who are ordained would be real examples in fact, John Paul II, Pope St. John Paul II said, the faithful expect Jesus from their priests. And then he adds, they have the right to expect that. And so, there's an element here of affirmation towards your heart's desires and also some help. Jesus himself didn't seem to have that high a view as of religious leaders. He says today, the scribes and Pharisees sit on the chair of Moses, which means they teach authentically what Moses taught. He says, so listen to them. But then he goes on to say, however, they don't practice it. They aren't witnesses. They aren't examples of this. So, yes, something good is coming through them. They're telling you the truth. Listen to them. But they're not always going to be great examples to you. Jesus knew this. He wasn't scandalized by it. In fact, by teaching this, he's trying to help those people who'd come after him, you, to realize we can make distinctions. That your ordained leaders right, are meant to both preach and practice the gospel in beautiful, heroic ways. And yet, he's letting you know, you might get some good teaching, but you're probably not going to get great examples. And so, to begin, if I can, to say to all of you, I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry any time myself or an ordained minister has let you down. That is not the way and hope of God, nor should it be your hope or desire. There are some extreme ways of letting you down that make it on the evening news. Those are usually the taunts you suffer on our behalf. But then there's things that will never make the evening news, mistakes that my confessor knows well. But for those times, I can tell you, there's no desire in my heart to treat you clumsily, but human weakness is real and 
I think all of us might know human weakness well, but as a priest, all the more should it not be tolerated, but should I continue to grow? And I do. I do. I continue to work on it, but you need to know that on behalf of me or on myself, but on behalf of any other ordained minister who's hurt you or let you down in small and big ways, I'm sorry. You didn't deserve that. What you needed was Jesus. The good news is, is Jesus is way bigger than just an ordained minister, but he is meant to work through us in powerful ways. So what are the ways that ministers can let people down? Well, before we get into that, let's talk about this odd part of the gospel where Jesus says, don't call anyone rabbi, father, or master. And then we all go, well, don't we call you father? And then we go, oh, man. And if you have any evangelical friends, they're always quick to point this out. Jesus said, don't call someone father, and you Catholics do. And you're like, I don't know what's happening. I thought we were having coffee. Okay. (laughs) They always get you when your defenses are down. I'm just kidding. Okay. This will be recorded. I'm going to get a phone call. Okay. But if you zoom out from this one little passage, throughout the Old Testament, many people were called father. Many people were called master. Many people were called teachers in great ways of honor and reverence. Not once was that said, don't do it. Also, in the New Testament, St. Paul often says, I become a father to you. He writes to Timothy and says, you are my son. So this notion of father and child or teacher and student, this is not, if you zoom out to the whole Bible, it's used a lot. So it can't simply mean don't ever use it. I think common sense would tell us you wouldn't tell a two-year-old girl, don't call dad, dad. Jesus said not to, sorry. I mean, that would seem counterintuitive in many ways. What he means is, is that we need to be careful what's happening in our hearts when we use the term father or teacher. There's a beautiful sense in which the faithful have shown kindness and reverence towards priests throughout the centuries. An old tradition was to kiss the priest's hands as a sign of reverence because through his hands comes the Eucharist, the absolution of sins, the anointing of the sick, baptism, etc., So you would honor his hands with kissing of the hands. There were some great ways of reverence in the past. Those were nice. But oftentimes it meant separating yourselves from the priest. As if we're not made of the same stuff. As if we don't go to the sacrament of confession like you. True, we've been called by God and been given something on our ordination day to bring the life and power and love of Jesus through the sacraments. We've been formed and given the Holy Spirit to preach and teach in effective ways. And we've been given the grace of God to accompany you on your own journey with God. But it's also true, we do that, as St. Paul would say, in very earthy vessels. Heavenly treasure in earthen vessels. When we use the term teacher or father, to separate an ordained man from the stuff we're all made of. That's when we're misusing the title. We're all made of the same stuff. God made us all and then called us to serve one another with different gifts and talents and ways. But Jesus is cautioning here when we have someone on such a pedestal that when their humanity is shown, our whole faith falls apart. That's where he's saying, don't call people father if that's what it's going to mean for you. 
but they are a father and teacher to the degree that Jesus shines forth from them, that you hear the authentic teachings of the church, that you get a glimpse of his merciful love, that you come to know the joy and freedom by which Jesus wants for you. If that person is doing that, then they are absolutely a father and a teacher. So now we have this last part of the gospel here where Jesus is saying, any minister, ordained or lay, but anyone who's preaching and teaching but not practicing, unpacking the weightier things of the church's teachings but not willing to help you live it, he said, they're a problem. But contrast that with the second reading today from St. Paul who says, we were determined to share with you not only the gospel, but our very selves. Not only the gospel, but our very selves. We wanted to be with you. We wanted to encourage you. We wanted to support you. We wanted to walk with you. And this is such an important thing because it's a unique part of being Catholic, is we think everyone needs humanity and divinity. We think you need both. God created us in the, in the Garden of Eden not just to be with God alone. In fact, when it was just a human person and God, God said it is not good that man should be alone. He doesn't mean male. He means the human person. We're not meant to be alone with God. And so we created another to have friendship, love, and communion. He knew divine love wasn't going to be enough for us in his plan we also needed human love. Then in Israel, he forms a whole nation to be a community receiving, worshiping, and living out God's ways. Jesus, when he, God comes in the flesh in Jesus, he's born into the love of a mom and a dad, Mary and Joseph. He calls the apostles and has a community of friends. He sends them out two by two. And then in heaven, it's not just us and God hanging out. The communion of saints is also there. Everything is meant to have humanity and divinity. Now this becomes important for you and me because we need to check ourselves and which one am I leaning towards maybe too much. So for some of us, we have real human struggles. We're lonely. We're exhausted. We struggle with unforgiveness. Maybe there's sins that are addictions and it's weighing us down holidays coming up and there's stress and anxiety and if you think all you can do is pray that away you might be deceived just you and Jesus hanging out more is not the answer of the sacred scriptures it might be but that's probably not the only answer you probably need some good friends and family members that you can share your struggles with and they can just love you you probably need a cup of coffee or something stronger with a good friend just so that you can relax and be in communion with another person. You know, when St. Thomas Aquinas wrote on how to handle sadness, only one of his five ways had to do with spiritual life. There was taking a bath. There was talking to a friend. There was going for a walk. The saints don't think prayer is the only answer. They realize we need each other. On the flip side, if you're someone who's hanging out with people all day and the only time with God is an hour at Mass on Sunday, you probably need to be reminded of some of the other sides. That in addition to Mass every Sunday, we offer daily Mass. Maybe it's been a while for you in the confessional. 
Maybe you need some quiet time praying a rosary or a chaplet of divine mercy or meditating on scripture. We need both the human and divine to become fully alive. That's why at Mass, it's not simply scripture and sacraments. That is the most important part of Mass. But it's so that all of us, unique, unrepeatable persons in our lifestyles, our talents, our capacities, our weaknesses and brokenness come together and are formed in the most human of ways. God spoke to you this morning through human words in the scriptures, and he'll meet you in human ways, like a sacred meal, not bread and wine, but the appearance of bread and wine. Transubstantiated is our word. A miracle happens where it actually becomes God. Jesus wants to reveal to you and me what it means to be human, fully, most deeply. And what he shows us is that he's human and divine. We need the human relationships and bonds just as much as we need the divine. And if we have one too much over the other, this may be a good week to say, what do I need in my life so I can flourish, so I can enter into the plan God has for me? Amen.